to you because of your faithfulness. You know, every promise of God is yes and amen to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So I know as you sow to tithe, I know it's going to come back to you. I know the heavens of the, of the heavens themselves will be opened up because you are faithful in sowing a seed. Well, listen, we're excited. I, you know, today we're going to have a great service. We've already had lots of people touch and minister to both here and I know online as well. But I had the privilege of coming up to talk about another opportunity that we're going to be going to Pakistan for our fourth visit in the last 12 months. It's hard to believe uh, we've had uh, three crusades there, and God has blessed us. I tell you, this is probably the most unique opportunity I've ever seen in my entire lifetime. I've been to 54 nations of the world, and I've been privileged to see millions of people in a single service. But Pakistan, the second largest Muslim nation in the world that's open to the gospel, we're getting in there. Uh, sometimes it's a challenge getting from place to place, but God helps us to get there. And we have a video we want to show you just to kind of give you a little understanding of what we're seeing when we're in Pakistan and what God's helping us to accomplish. So, Andrew, would you mind going ahead and playing that video, please? Put it on your good ear. And tell me if you hear. Come on, if you can hear can you hear now? Yes, she can hear now. All right, now she. Come on, her deaf ear has opened. Sickness is just as defeated as sin. It was the same cross. It was the same blood. It was the same lamb. And it was the same victory. That 
about that church 216,030 people were on their way to heaven because of what you've done you've helped us go to Pakistan on three big crusades we're gonna go for our fourth one and we just want to share the opportunity with you right now we know that God sees your labor of love he is faithful to bless you and to bring increase back in your life when you reach souls church one of our bigger models is that we are rescuers are we not and I'm telling you, we have been all over the world. Pastor and I have been all over the world. We literally will not sleep for days on end to do these kind of crusades. And we're willing to go. And the Bible says that, you know, many are called but few are chosen. And I'm not saying there's anything special about Pastor and I. But I'm telling you, we burn to win souls. Our, our, we, we don't sleep because we think of our next initiative. We think about eternity. We think about can we get back into Pakistan, the second largest Muslim nation in the world, and can we win more souls? And, and the Lord's opened another door. We're going to be going to a city called Kanawal, which is about three and a half hour drive outside of Lahore to the south uh, southwest of, of Lahore. And we're expecting between 75,000 to 100,000 Muslims to be in front of Pastor on October the 14th. And this crusade, just like the last three that you've seen um, some of the, the, the videos of, it simply is a matter of, of, of every dollar that is sown, I can, put a, I can put a person in front of Pastor Dosek. Now, what we do to keep everybody safe in this nation, uh, most crusades, we love doing crusades in, in cities or near the city so we can draw from the population's crusade site. Because when they see miracles happening, they say, you know what, I need a miracle. I need that Jesus. And we give an altar call. Well, in, in Pakistan, we got to play it very safe and be very, very careful. So we'll have as much as 2,000, 2,100 security forces on the ground, and then we bust people in from, from, from this city into a safe environment where people can be safe and they can hear the gospel message. And so literally it comes down to is how many people we can bust that crusade will dictate how many people get saved. And we're believing God for another 80,000 plus people to come to Christ at least in, uh, in, in, in a city called Kanawal, Pakistan. So what I'm going to ask you to do is what I've did in the last couple of times is this. Listen, many, many of you can give a dollar. One dollar puts one person in front of a pastor. And I believe that one person is going to, be, get, is going to get saved too. Uh, but, you know, many of you can give ten dollars. Ten dollars puts ten people in front of a pastor. We can put as many as a hundred people on a single bus. And what we, put it, what we do is we have a pastor that's on that bus. So we don't let the fruit fall by the wayside. So when, when people come to Christ in that crusade, we have a pastor that's verifying that you receive Christ. And then 80 to 85% of those people that come to Christ are in a church that following Sunday. It's a monumental task. I, I, I don't sleep sometimes for weeks on end leading up to it because there's so much interaction. There's so much planning, so much organizing. But I'm willing to do it, and pastor's willing to go. And will you help us go? Will you send us again to Pakistan so we can see over 80-plus thousand more Muslims come to Christ Many of you gave strongly last time. I, I talked to several of you who gave 500 hours. You, you, you brought 500 people to crusade. Others gave over 1,000. I don't know what God might lay on your heart, but I know this. When you are obedient, whatever God gives you, whatever that number is, he will bless you and he'll bring increase back to you. I believe Luke, Luke 6.38 says it just, just for you, that when you give, it's going to be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. And I'm telling you, the Bible says it this way, that he who wins souls is wise. And we have seen over 697,000 souls come to Christ so far this year. 
and we're going after a million. Will you believe with us for that? Church, Philippians 4.17 said it this way, that Paul said, I was thankful for the gift he received from the church of Philippi. But you know what he was more thankful for? He was thankful for that every person that gave into his ministry, it was going to be added to your account. So guess what? All those people you saw in that meeting, those meetings actually, 216,030 people are on their way to heaven in Pakistan, it's being added to your account. Think about that. That is over four times the size of Shelby County. The county this church is in, that is over four times the size of Shelby County. So I don't take these things lightly, and I appreciate whatever you can do. So what we're going to do is we're going to receive an offering right now, but I also remind you, you might want to pray about this. You might say, Eric, let me talk to my, my husband, my wife, my family, and you might want to give uh, on Wednesday or on Sunday. We are going to leave, not this Monday, but a week from Monday for Pakistan. And whatever you can do, I promise you, we're going to put every dollar towards winning another person for Christ. And I want to come back with a report that's even better than what you saw in that video. I'm believing God for my expectations between 75 to 100,000 people to be in Pastor Dosik's uh, viewpoint, his aim as he brings the gospel to them. And I believe God's going to just bring a mighty harvest in. But you have a part in that. So I encourage you, please pray for us if you would. And uh, if the Lord gives you a number, again, for every 100 dollars you give, we can put, we can fill a bus up and get them in front of pastors. So whatever you can do, we just want to say thank you in advance. Let me pray over you, and then we're going to receive a quick offering, and then you can, again, you may not give tonight, you might give, uh, you might give on Sunday, you might give on Wednesday, but whatever you do, we appreciate you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every person on the sound of my voice, both, both, those both here in front of me and those watching right now. Lord, I just sense in my spirit there's many watching me right now online. Uh, you've been benefactors of, of crusades, and you've seen the miracles taking place in your life. Lord, I just thank you, God, for everyone that's under the sound of my voice, Lord, that you bless them. Every dollar that comes in, Lord, I thank you, Lord, you're going to help us win a soul. And, Father, I thank you, God, for every, every seed that is sown into these buckets today, both electronically as well as physically dropping in a bucket. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to bless it back to the people a hundredfold in their lives. Father, I ask you for breakthroughs and for miracles and financial breakthroughs. I thank you for salvations, even in their own households, because of what they're doing. They're stepping out of faith to win a soul somewhere else. I believe it's going to help them win a soul in their families because of their faithfulness. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We call it an honor to be called a son and daughter of the Most High God. In Jesus' name, everybody said, let's receive an offering right now. And again, if you want to give later, you're welcome to do as well. God bless you for your faithfulness. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Thank God that somebody came and talked to me about Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Randy, can you hand me my notebook and my book? Praise God. Don't forget that next step, uh, discovering, uh, becoming a member of your church and uh, how your church functions and operates happens right after the service in room 312. Uh, next step is a way to get introduced to the missions, the vision, and the values of Only Believe Ministries Christian Center and to discover your purpose. We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom in Christ. We want you to discover your purpose, and we want you to make a difference. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, yes, hallelujah. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, how essential is our connection to heaven? How essential is the activity of our faith in all the affairs of our life? 
God, we want to thank you that God, the people across this nation that are struggling, we may never know them, but God, we do ask you to make a way for them. We ask you, God, to help, protect, encourage, provide for the people that are in Florida. God, we ask those that are in Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, every nation or every, uh, yeah, state that's been affected by this, God, that you would help them, help organize that God provision can get to the needy, help people that are still needed to be rescued, God, that you would rescue them. Hallelujah. God, and we thank you for the provision that you are making for us in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, somebody in the name of Jane uh, or Janie has uh, like a, it really well, like an acid reflux, but uh, you keep it under uh, control, but it's constantly trying to raise up its ugly head, and uh, God is taking care of that right now. In the name of Jesus, it's being taken care of. Hallelujah. And there is a, a ringing that started in someone's right ear. I curse that right now. In the name of Jesus. Now, God, I loose right now peace in that ear. In Jesus' mighty name. And it'll just quit buzzing you, cricketing you, whatever they want to call it. Peace be to that ringing right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Seems to be a piercing of a, uh, of a pain that keeps reoccurring over the right eye also. I curse that thing, and in the name of Jesus, it'll leave you. You'll never have it again. Today is the day of your salvation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So uh, let's everybody turn your Bibles to page one. No, I'm kidding. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Daniel, the 10th chapter, and verse 11. We're going to continue to talk about the devil. The reason is, is that there is a great influx of Christians, quote-unquote, into the body of Christ. But there is about to become a great falling away. You might say, oh, man, you're so negative. Well, I would tell you to get your head up out of the sand, get your rear end down to the ground, and realize this. I'm going to say something that a lot of pro-Americans will not like. The decrees have already went forth that the Antichrist is coming up out of the places of darkness. Wickedness is going to increase, but America will be one. Listen to me. Get your head out of the sand, your rear end on the ground. You are not going to negate 
You are not going to redefine time. And you are not going to set new standards of what is going to take place in this nation. Now, I know that you all want to be apple pie and sky, and I do too. I am very concerned about my grandchildren. I'm concerned about what I will face tomorrow. But I know that the handwriting is on the wall. Now, you can say what you want to say. Let's all just dream for a moment and uh, some way Trump and all of his kids are all going to get elected at once. You think that's the salvation of America? That's not the salvation of America. I really don't care who is coming and who is going. You understand me. I am here to live a thing called life. My days are numbered and so are yours. There are certain decrees that will come to pass. You are seeing the turning of it now. The heart of the world will turn to is against Israel very significantly in the next 12 months. That will cause God to pull back, decrease protection and blessing upon nations that do so. And America may very well be one of them. Say, well, we're going to love Israel. You say, well, you're being political, Pastor. No, I'm not. I'm being kingdom. I'm telling you right now what's going to happen. We can have all the parades and we can have everything that we want to have, but I'm telling you, the only thing you better be concerned about is keeping your faith in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm telling you. And I'm telling you, it's coming upon us quicker than you can imagine. You may be like five of the virgins sleeping. You may be like the other five with your lamps filled with oil. I hope that you're one of the five. But I'm just telling you, the average Christian in America does not believe that the Bible is about to take place. The end of things is upon us. I'm not being gloom and doom. I'm telling you, get your head out of the sand, your rear end on the ground. And I'm telling you to start paying attention because we have seen nothing yet. You say, but uh, I thought we're going to increase and we're going to be blessed, said all the lying prophets that lined up. You cannot prophesy yourself out of the coming of the Antichrist. You will not prophesy yourself into goodness when God says you can say you're good, you can say you're prosperous, but I'll tell you, you are wretched and you are poor and you are undone. What we better do is get ready for our faith to be tried like it has never been tried. Now, I know some of you say, oh, oh my God, I don't like the bad news. Well, I didn't write it. God did. What's his email? Capital G, don't care, dot org. I'm not trying to scare you, but 
I would be less than a pastor that is anywhere inkling, knowledgeable about end times and the coming of Jesus Christ, I would be a deceiver if I told you that everything is about to be hunky-dory. Now, we're going to live, we're going to get up, we're going to invest, we're going to work, we're going to plow, we're going to sow, we're going to reap, but I'm just telling you that the time of the Lord is upon us. And I want to be ready, and I want you to be ready. Now, you may disagree with me. You can agree with all the prophets that are lined up that, you know, America is going to do this, America is going to do that. Maybe America will, maybe it won't. But I wouldn't bank up on the voice of a person you never met and a person you've never proven and a person that you don't know and a person that God may never have ever spoken to. I don't know any of that, but I'm telling you that the word does not lie. And the time is upon us. And so when I talk about the devil, we may think that it's not relevant. I guess he's not been relevant for the last hundred years, maybe. But I will tell you this, that we are in the condition of the seven churches of Revelation because of the shenanigans, the moving, and the deception of Satan, the adversary, the enemy of the church. And many of us are lukewarm. Oh, well, I'm not. Okay, I don't have to judge you. I get to judge myself. And I don't think I'm near as close as I need to be, nor do I, am I as hot as I should be. There will be a great falling away. Some will be because of disappointment. Some will be because they think God has lied to them. Some because they have believed lying and false prophets. You know, all, all I ask is this out of a prophet. Give me a date, give me a time, and let God smite the man or the woman. Just give me one. You speak in circles, you speak in shadows. You speak in puzzles that nothing can be verified. I don't call you a prophet. I, I don't want to make you mad, because I know you all got your favorite. And I'm sure that I'm not in any of it. You attend this church because maybe it's the worst of all, the best of all evils. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, I've never preached a lie and I've never coerced people. I've never taken advantage of people. I've never had a scandal, never had any of those things. But I will say this, I preach the truth to you, whether you like it or not. But the need for us to awake out of this slumber that there is no devil needs to come to an end. We fight everything but the devil. We decree things that 
need not be decreed. We wrestle with ourselves. We labor to have homes and cars and money and false securities. But I'm telling you, there is a devil. And if the church does not awaken to it, there will be more souls lost than have ever been lost because the populace of the planet is greater. And so, as I started talking about the devil last week, I'm sure we didn't go home and have a, a birthday party and bake a cake and say, hallelujah, we learned about the devil. We don't want to hear about the devil. We don't want to hear about bad news. We don't want to hear about hell. We don't want to hear about sin. We want to hear about rich, 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 blessed, 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 and that will prepare my faith. Well, faith is forged and brought to its strength only through the fires of tribulation. And so, the unseen war against the saints, the unseen war against the saints. Daniel, the 10th chapter, could I have that on there, uh, verse 11? For those of you that may not know, this is Daniel. He is a prophet that has been taught, mentored, brought up under, much like Hosea and many of the minor prophets were brought up under uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a major prophet. He is a turning point prophet that God begins to raise up those that he has called and appointed to be prophets in Israel. And so Daniel is that one of these prophets. He has been taken captive because of the sins of Israel and has been brought into the land of Babylon for 70 years. In that 70 years, there, will be, there was a release of Israel from the kingdom and the reign of Babylon. But while Daniel is there, Daniel has found secrets that have not been revealed to him or opened to other prophets. Daniel will not just surrender to ignorance. He begins to pursue God because he knows that every word of God has life and direction. And he said, and he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto you, and stand upright, for unto thee am I sent, and when he had spoken his word unto me, I stood trembling. Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself. This is called prayer and fasting. Coupled together is a chastening of yourself. It is bringing yourself into submission and humility before God. And then it says, the first day thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. These are two places that God sees the activity of man, prayer and fasting. And the word, your words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, 
one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now, let us stop right there. The prince of the king of Persia is none other than a demonic principality. It is a ruler. The devil is involved in many major things that the church has forgot about. Number one, the devil is involved in government. The government is not the problem, but the one that is directing the activities of the puppet is. And if all you're going to do is call government's names, then you, are will, you will be among the most deceived. Wake up. This is a secret revealed unto us so that we can war a good warfare. Now, you can say, well, it's Democrat. Well, you can say it's Republican. You can say it's Hoodoo. You can say it's Dwayne. No, not Dwayne. What is his name? Uh, Dwayne. Thank you, Philip. And, uh, you know, but if I took a poll right today, there's not, there won't be one person. There won't be one person in this congregation that has prayed for the government of our nation. Now, you've probably made snide remarks, called them names, tagged them with new little thinking things and said, well, I like to call him this. Isn't that a great calling that you are called by God not to do so, but you have appointed yourself as the name tag. You haven't prayed for a local government. I'm not being mean on you. I want you to realize how useless we as Christians have been because we have not recognized there is a devil. And we want to play government parties and government games with the salvation of our nations, your family, my family, our neighbors, your neighbors. You think that's more important than you realizing that there is a devil pulling the strings behind a man. And because we say nothing, we talk about the four or the, the image of the individual, but we never contend with the powers that are ruling him. We don't do it locally. We don't do it governmentally, nationally. We don't do it. But we're Christians. Now, we know what we're supposed to do. We are just rebellious, stiff-necked, God, do what you want to do because I ain't doing what you want me to do. Now, I'm, take your mask off. Tell me who you are. I think I'm pretty right when I just told you who you are. Now, about this time, you're kind of mad. Your hemorrhoids are acting up. You really want to get out of here, go to the bathroom and scratch them. Let me tell you something. We are all going to stand in front of God and it will be a fearful thing for you to stand in front of a just living God that requires you to give an account of what you did with your faith. And I, so, so when you say, oh man, you're just preaching negative. No, I'm not. I'm trying to wake you up. The Bible says, awake 
under righteousness. In other words, we are sleeping and we are not endeavoring to do what the righteousness of the kingdom of God has called us to do. We are self-owners. We are lords of what we want. But we are far from Jesus Christ being Lord of our life. I don't know if that was ever explained to us when we got saved. In other countries, I tell people, don't come to give your life to Jesus unless you're willing to give it all up, unless you're willing for your family to forsake you, hate you, unless you're willing to die for your life. Let me tell you what that equals in America. Nobody coming to the altar. Have we made that decision? Is Jesus Christ really Lord? Please let us be the beginning of the church world that transforms itself into the servants of one living God. Well, God, I can tell you right now, the first note, this is not going the way I thought. But let's go on. Now, the prince of Persia is there. The devil is involved in government. And the angel speaks to Daniel and says, let me tell you why your prayers are not heard. We always say, well, I wonder why God didn't answer. Well, you didn't have faith or the devil stopped it. What else you want me to tell you? It's the truth. Your faith failed or the devil stopped it. But in any place in this, we fall into the accusers of a just God because we are not fighting that which hinders. We are complaining to him that we think didn't answer. I'm telling you, if I was a Baptist, they'd be bringing money to the altar. Now, he has resisted me 21 days. 21 days. And it says, and one of the chief princes came to help me. There are principalities and powers that must be dealt with that will only be dealt with as a righteous man takes a stand. Next verse. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall be, what shall befall thy people in the latter day? For yet the vision is for many days. Next verse. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face towards the ground, and I become dumb. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men, an angel. He touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me, O oh my Lord, by the vision my sorrows are turned upon me and I have retained no strength. In other words, what you are about to show me is shaking me to the bones and stripped me of any hope that Israel will be saved. 
Next verse. And how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this my Lord? As for me, straightway there remain no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. And then there came again and touched me, one with the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee. Be strong, you. Yea, be strong. He that is spoken unto me, I was strengthened. And I said, let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. And then said, know thou wherefore that I came unto thee? Now will I turn, return to fight with the prince of Persia the governments that be. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grisha shall come. And I will show thee that which is noted in the scriptures, in the scriptures of truth, and that there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael, your prince. Daniel tells us that there is an unseen war waged against the saints, even against basic answered prayer. Why? Because many times when people get weak, their faith begins to dissipate. And what did Jesus say? When I come, will I find faith on the earth? There is a war to strip the church of its faith. It is being raged by an unseen foe, let's say a foe that has been hid by religion. I don't want to talk about the devil. That just makes me nervous. <laughs> talk about in-laws making me nervous. I'm not worried about the devil. I want my eyes wide open. But I'm just telling you every promise that has been left undone, every seed that you've ever sown, every prayer you've ever prayed, everything that you've attempted to do in the kingdom of God has never been God's denial, but it has been the devil's interference. And because we are not demonically engaged with our adversary, we give up. We think, well, it's going to be too hard. Never too hard. Stand fast, and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. But you're going to have to get your boxing gloves on with the right person. The referee is not your enemy. The guy with the gloves in the other corner is. You say, well, everything can't be the devil. Okay. How about poverty? Oh, the devil, wow. How about division? How about strife? How about stress? How about fear? How about division, uh, uh, divorce? How about hatred of people? How about rude words? How about words filled with death? How about the economy? How about the way the direction of the world is going in our nation? What is all that? 
You think that's because a man is in an office? Is that what? Please, come, who? Come back to reality. It is not a mere man. It is the demonic power. And Paul said this, I'm not an ignorant man, a stupid man, that I don't know how to fight or want to fight. But we have become ignorant to how to fight the adversary. Boy, am I glad I'm not able to be voted in and voted out. Satan has a kingdom, Colossians 1, 13 to 14, and we have been translated out of it. Does not mean that it does not or is not still active, and he doesn't have access to those that are ignorant, those that are lazy, those that are slothful, those that replace truth, live by half-truths, or those that do not, engage him or acknowledge his existence. He is still very active in the world. And then it is an organized kingdom. It's organized. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. No human being is in our area of warfare. Nobody, but we don't fly. Oh, yeah, but that just that doesn't mean who I'm talking about. Yes, it does. But we fight against principalities, power, spiritual weakness, and rulers in heavenly places. He is very organized, he is greatly informed about our weaknesses, our resistances our persistence, our temperance, and our lack of desire to win. There's not one child in this whole auditorium that needs to be lost. Not one. But I've, I've done this and I've done You've mentioned it, you've played it, then you, well, you know, honey, someday you'll come home and say to you, you better break them free from the grips of the power of darkness. The devil is your enemy. So we understand that people that are blind, disobedient, and I, I wish that was just a small percentage of people, but just in the opening statements, we haven't prayed well, the devil gets advantage over the disobedient. You struggle for blessing, and you create a curse. I, none of these are new revelations. You, you all know them. I'm just reiterating what you know. Those that sow discord, the Bible says in Romans that we have to understand that Satan has 
a family and a community that he uses, not just principalities and powers, but human beings. He uses human beings. The eighth chapter in John and verse 40 says this, Now you that seek to kill me, talking about killing Jesus, the Son of God, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then they said unto him, Hey, we both are not born of fornication, and we have one father, even God. These are deceived people. They want to kill Jesus. And he said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceed forth from my father, and I came from God. Neither came I myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil. Now they have insisted that they are the children of God. And Jesus says, just by your activity, I'm telling you, you belong to the devil. They sought to kill Jesus. How about those that hate their brother today? And of your father, you will, uh, of your father, and ye will do, he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaketh of his own, and he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you can convince me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore that hear them not, because you are not of God. Not of God. The devil uses people. He deceives people into thinking he deceives people, the saved and the unsaved. Revelations, the second chapter, verse 9 and 10, and Revelation 3, 9 says this, I know where Satan's seat is in the church at Laodicea. I know where he has set up free rule that he is deceiving the people of the church. I know where his seat is. I know the synagogue of Satan in the church. Either John is a blatant deceiver or a blatant liar, or there are many Christians that are giving places to Jezebel spirits condoning fornication and lies and sin all in the name once saved, always saved. God knows my heart. Well, I wish we could see it. Show it to us. Who do you belong to? He rules businesses. You can find that in Acts, the 19th chapter, in verse 24. And then 
He rules and he is the head of all religions except the devoted Christian. He is the head. Revelations 2, 9 through 3, 9. Revelations 2, 12 through 13. Acts 13, 8 and Acts 18, 12. He is the head of all religions. And he has found himself placed in the church. I think that many of us ought to hear the saying of Peter Simeon, I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness. And Simeon broke and he said, Oh my God, pray that these things do not come upon me. Many of us are going to leave today you're going to harp and complain about me. I was too hard. I was too brass. He was too forward. Isn't there something else to preach on? Yes, 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 yes. But we have to be awakened. And I guess maybe I'm just the guy to do it. Now, don't get awake mad. I, I, you ever wake somebody up that's mad when they wake up? Don't, don't be mad at me. He rules businesses and religion, and he has taken the head of the social platforms. Social platforms. It's not man. It is the devil that is behind that type of stuff. And devils are involved in government. Locally, nationally, internationally. Please, for one day, let us be obedient to God and quit crying about what we don't have and what we need and all that and pray for the leaders of our nation and get after the devil and take back our nation. Oh, well, we're going to get in the next election. You're going to get what? More people that can be manipulated by the devil? Who are you going to get? Well, we're going to take the house. Be careful. The devil's taken the house. Now, I hope that we get things turned around, but it doesn't seem like the government of today cares if he's got votes or not. He just writes out and does it. And there's no Congress or Senate that is rising up because they have a spirit of slumber, of hopelessness. But the devil is behind it. Stop fighting shadows. Hallelujah. He is the enemy of every believer. He is at war with us spiritually. We find that in 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 3, 1 down through 7 that doctrines of devils will begin to come forth. He is warring against the truth 
that can set us free. He is trying to convince us that there's another way. There is no other way but Jesus. And if you're going to go Jesus' way, go all the way or don't go. Let's start praying. Oh, but that doesn't seem to be enough. We, we need to raise up. Well, go get your gun and raise up. But I'm not going before you. I may follow you way back, but I'm not going before you. And you know, you aren't going to go either. Don't, the Bible tells us not to threat, make threats. They are involved in our government. They are intensifying their war against us. Revelation 2, 14 through 15 tells us that even in our own churches, that there are seats of Satan and Jezebelic truths and teachings that none of us would say anything to if they were told us. Let's not worry about the house. The house is not the problem. The Senate is not the problem. The Congress is not the problem. The President is not the problem. We have an adversary. He is after your faith. He wants to dispute the truth. And you find something that is more conducive to our relationships, our friendships, and the influences that we have and influences that others have over us. Now, I love friends. I have lots of good ones. I have more friends today than I've ever had. I think I've got 2.5. But none of those friends are more important than me living a flawless life as possible for Jesus Christ. Now, he is the enemy of our spirit. In other words, he will indoctrinate us, he will diffuse us, he will deceive us, he will short-circuit us by giving us false information. Now, that wouldn't be a problem if Christians did what they were supposed to do. Now, we're going to go home and we're going to eat, we're going to stop at Taco City, we're going to stop at, you know... Mancho's bar and you know drive by fair food and we're going to eat the only subject that's going to be prevalent today is me and the message that I taught and what's going to happen is going to get on the inside of us and we're going to think that there's a better way there's not a better way there's not a better way and then he is trying to get a hold of your mind. Some of us are having our minds renewed in reverse. Huh? Yeah. 
He is at war with your body. Sickness and diseases of the devil. Oh, but you know it's hereditary. Yes, I know, but listen to the truth. It is of the devil. And if you're sick today, stop giving place to it. Rise up and start fighting for the longevity of your days. Oh, but I'm already sick. Who cares? I was already a sinner, but I got saved. You can reverse what the devil does by your faith. Jesus proved that for every person that he prayed for. Don't just roll over and give up. You are in a war. I'm keeping Phyllis around as long as I can. Why? I've been checking the internet. Ain't nobody even giving me a nibble. And I'm kidding you. Every teaching, every falsehood, every area of doubt and unbelief, everything concerning anything that is taught out of the scriptures that are contrary is of the devil. Oh, but they're Christians. Listen to me. I just told you the truth. They're of the devil. And if they don't repent at your rebuke, you move on. They said, but we're the children of God. Jesus said, you're the devil. Now, who would you believe? Yeah. The reality of heaven and hell is being stolen from us. It has been kidnapped and hid in the deepest dungeons of religion. We have statements like this. Well, we're all headed the same place. I beg your pardon. If you aren't saved and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, I don't care if you're Asian. I don't care if you're Hindu. I don't care if you're Buddhist. I don't care if you're, a, a, you know, what is that, Islam. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care. You are headed for hell without Jesus Christ. We are not all headed the same way. We're headed the same way. You best be where I'm headed. And that means living for Jesus. You better pick somebody out that's been through the fire. You better follow them where they're going. But this stuff of universalism, universal salvation, once saved, always saved. This stuff of we're all headed the same place. We all want the same thing. No. I'm not being mean. But I'll tell you what, I am standing for Jesus. You've got to believe in the resurrection that has taken place. You've got to believe he really went to heaven. You've got to believe that we're going to be raised from the dead and that we're going to be judged by God. You have to believe. Satan uses temptation as a weapon. I used to be tempted by Phyllis. She turned 71, I gave up. He is the accuser of the brethren and of God. Not another Christian accuses someone. 
better pick up on that stuff. He is the father of all lies. He's a murderer. He won't believe the truth. He is deaf to the truth. He is a sower of discord. He's an adversary, author of all sin. He is cunning. He is wicked. He is a thief. He is a slanderer of God and of men, asked Job. He is a deceiver. He is proud. He is critical and he is cruel. He is and never will be merciful, good, kind, loving, and gentle. He is a destroyer, John 10.10. 10. He is a roaring lion. He's a serpent. He's a dragon. He is a hinderer to every believer. Now, at this point, I would say to you, don't get discouraged. Because you are equipped by God. And before you ever got here, before he ever took ground, before he ever laid hold of the governments of our nation, before he ever laid hold of the hearts and the minds of men, God has already decreed that the Christian is more than a conqueror. But somebody's got to raise up and do something. John 12, 31, 32, he is dethroned. He's dethroned. Somebody say he's dethroned. He's stripped of all power. You and I have been declared victors over every battle that we enter into. If he would have known the power of a believer, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. He has been stripped of all power, Colossians 2, 13 through 15. And when it talks about stripping of all of his power, I thought about Isaiah 61. Isaiah 6, verse 1, I'm sorry, that Isaiah, when King Uriah died, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filling the temple. There is no other place for any other ruler, no place for any other Lord. And the powers and the kingdoms that Jesus has laid waste to for the victorious life of the believer have been pinned to his garments and each kingdom has been surrendered and given to him and when we see him we see him Lord of all and King of Kings there is none like him we have good news Mark 16 10 Jesus starts the mission of the church, which we have so desperately failed and rejected and replaced with so many unimportant things. Think of the people that you're talking about in leadership and around the world. If you would have prayed for them and they would have got saved, 
there would be no ruling devil in our White House. Jesus said, in my name you'll cast out devils. Please do so. Matthew 28, 8 through 20, all power has been given unto me. Now go. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Please do so. Do you remember the first time you ever did it? Maybe you've never done it. That's our commission. Revelation 12, 11, we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Luke 10, Jesus saw Satan falling like lightning because a few young believers used his matchless name. Matthew 10, 8, Jesus sent him out, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, leper cast out devils and raise the dead. Acts 19, 11, supernatural signs and wonders done by the hands of Paul. The devil is doomed, Revelations 20, 1 through 6. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The hour is upon us. And I mean it's upon us. Maybe your children will respond to the truth after you're gone. Maybe. They haven't listened to you very good lately. But could we, could you and I begin to pray for our children as if it was our own soul at the balance of judgment heaven or hell do we love anybody enough to do something besides just the ordinary can we pray for our neighbor, I, I, I have a neighbor that it's not his fault, I, it, it's mine. He doesn't wave to me. The only time he talks to me is when he wants me to go out into his yard or his driveway and complain about something I blew onto his driveway. And I said, look, I, I didn't do that. He said, if it was me, I'd have blew more than that on there, bro. Look, you got to find somebody else to blame for. You, you know, it, it's, it's not his fault. It's me. I haven't been kind enough. I haven't understood that he's lost. And really, I haven't prayed for the man. But when the blood is poured out over the hands, mine will be stained with his soul unless I change today or he just won't listen who cares he doesn't have to listen to you 
he may have to contend with God on his road to Damascus. I don't know. But everybody that you know has been brought into your relationship with the purpose of you sharing Jesus with them. So, let's get after souls. Amen? Let's get after souls. Let's get out what we're supposed to do. Don't be afraid of the devil. But don't stick your head in the sand and act like he doesn't exist. He is alive and he is doing well. So, we can leave this sanctuary the same way we come in. Half of you are bored, half of you are discontented, half of you are wondering, half of you are getting ready to be blown by the wind, half of you are getting ready to roll out the door, some of you are getting ready to roll in the door. And even though you don't like what I said and may not even like me, you may not change. Now I pray for your soul. Because what I tell you is not about fun and games. I'm telling you, there was an old beer commercial that said you only live life once, I think. And it's the truth. After that, you get the glorious event of dying. Heaven or hell. Judgment for eternity or reward for eternity. Is Jesus really Lord of this shambled life that we live? asking if you paid tithes today. I'm not asking uh, if, if you come to church. I'm not asking. I don't, I don't know. Is Jesus Lord? David, would you get my Bible? Good, would you? Yeah, it's there, and get my notebook too. I feel like a fast exit right. Listen, please, I'm telling you, the enemy is at our gates. He's after every one of us. Some of us may lay down and go to sleep tonight and never see the sunlight. I don't know. I don't know the end of every man. But you and I must call ourselves back into accountability. Who here was a Baptist preacher once? No Baptist preachers once. How about Pentecostals? Bud, you was a Pentecostal preacher. Mike was a Pentecostal preacher. Would this have done the old timers well? at the way they preached. They were concerned 
about heaven and hell more than they were concerned about Medicare. God, I'm telling you, we are involved in everything but Jesus. Now, I want you to say these words with me and hear yourself say them. I love my pastor. And I'm still going to stay in this church. Good deal. So good. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not going to dismiss you. I'm just going to end this service just the way it is. You can set, incubate, run, shout, take off. Hallelujah. You know, and uh, maybe you'll see some people you ought to pray for. Praise God. So I will see you Wednesday night. Praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs>